Welcome to the Dr. Marcy Show. I am Dr. Marcy. I'm here to have the conversations about strong mental health and being aware. Because of course, the more you know, the more you can grow. And this today I thought it was appropriate because it's been one year since all the of COVID and the spindles of change and all its associated devastations has occurred. And many of us, many of us are feeling the impact of it. And it's and quite frankly, it's wearing on people, right? It's been an entire year of the craziness all around us that seems like it's coming in, in blowing winds that uh, constant change of it seems like every day is it getting a little more crazy, a little more crazy and how it's impacting you, your family, your friends, et cetera. So I wanted to talk today about something that's appropriate for this time period. It is this concept of resilience. And what is resilience? So, you know, getting the, the really basic, simple definition out there, it's the ability to recover from or adjust easily to some type of misfortune or change. Or in layman's terms, we've got elements of perseverance, durability, plasticity or flexibility and sturdiness, which the thing that's remarkable about resilience is it combines the two notions of flexibility and sturdiness, which quite frankly, if you think about it, those are opposing elements, something that's very sturdy versus something that's very flexible, right? When you think in, in terms of physics, something that's very sturdy and very flexible. Um, I like to look at it in terms of a a really well-performing tree that has deep roots and tends to be very sturdy and weather the storms, the windstorms, rain, all the different weather changes. It seems like, well, that's a very sturdy and hardy tree, right? And yet it can be flexible during the weather changes, during the windstorms. And so resilience has this, this great combination of sturdiness and ability to adapt to changes, but still maintain the strength from within. So it's that hardiness, that capacity to adapt and still maintain an element of strength. So that's kind of, you know, some good basic definitions and um, elements of what resilience is. But before I get going into much more detail on resilience, I wanted to dedicate this week's show to one of my best friends, Kurt Dowdle who passed away unexpectedly over the weekend. And Kurt was a big supporter of my various endeavors, including this program. His example of resilience is very inspiring because he overcame remarkable struggles throughout his life with an eternal optimism and a giant smile on his face. And I will always be tremendously grateful for his influence in my life. So today I'm going to look up to the heavens and say, thank you, Kurt, and uh, good wishes, well wishes on your, your next journey. I appreciate your influence in my life. Okay, so now back to this concept of resilience. It's a fascinating attribute to delve into. I want you to think for just a minute about someone in your life that seems to just keep bouncing back after hardships. Kind of imagine that person in your mind. I'm not talking about those that have maybe one hard thing and then they try again and suddenly become successful at life. 
you know, they might write a book about it, get famous, et cetera, with that one trial. I'm talking about those people that have multiple arrays of difficulties and they just keep moving forward. I'm talking about the child who comes from the most difficult of circumstances and maybe is the only one in the family that seems to rise above, above it and, and break the cycle of their childhood. So the question becomes, how did that person become resilient? Was it a biological factor? You know, did they hit the genetic jackpot? Or was it an environmental factor? Like, did they have that awesome first grade teacher that took the time to inspire them, right? Or was it a combination of both? And finally, in my curious mind, and my Dr. Marcy curious mind, I wonder, is there aspects of resilience that we don't even or haven't even thought to explore yet? Like, does it have anything to do with other life experiences or maybe angels that step in or maybe random interactions that occur or maybe dream guidance that goes on? Um, there could be any wide range of attributes or aspects that contribute to a person's capacity for resilience. But I would say that most professionals fall somewhere in the middle between biological and environmental uh, aspects of what resilience is. So researchers do like to look at what these particular factors or characteristics are that seem to go along with people who have resilience. Because we want to know how people survive this life right? As mental health professionals and researchers, we want to know how do people overcome obstacles? How do people continue to survive? And one of those popularized terms now, thrive in this life. So before we delve into what those factors are and what research shows, and of course, I'm going to give some tools because I always like to think, you know, down the road, what am I doing to help people, right? I think it might be helpful to look to the past to see what some historical figures did or who they were that showed resilience. So a little bit about me. I had a pretty tricky year in 2020. I was running for a state Senate seat against an incumbent amongst all the other difficulties that 2020 gave us. And so someone sent me a meme that I put on my desktop to help me jump through those necessary hoops in 2020. And it's a meme about Abraham Lincoln. So I'm choosing him today because he helped me in 2020 in terms of his capacity to be resilient. So a little bit as a reminder, and for those who never really learned about Abraham Lincoln, he was born in a one room log cabin from a, a relatively poor family. But he taught himself to read and he trained to become a lawyer. Now, despite numerous setbacks, both personal and political, he was elected the 16th president of the United States from 1861 to 65. Not a very long time period for the remarkable impact he had on this country. Um, just a little bit more about his background. His first love interest died, most likely of their assuming typhoid fever. And then his, his wife that he married, her name was Mary Todd, um, there was quite a bit of evidence that she suffered from mental illness. They together lost two of their four sons in childhood, one at the age of three and the other at the age of 11. And it is said that Lincoln himself suffered from bouts of melancholy, which today we, he may have been diagnosed with clinical depression. 
his political career showed tremendous perseverance. Um, just a quick rundown of this meme that I had on my desktop. Um, it is titled Perseverance. In 1831, he lost his job. In 1832, defeated for state legislature. In 1833, failed in business. 1835, his sweetheart died. 1836, he had a nervous breakdown. 1838, defeated for run for Illinois state, um, state speaker. 1843, defeated and run for Congress. 1848, defeated and run for Congress. 1849, rejected for bid for land officer. 1854, defeated for run in US Senate. 1856, defeated for nomination to vice president. 1858, defeated for run for US Senate. But in 1860, he was elected the president of the United States. That's a pretty quick rundown trip of the fun setbacks, obstacles, difficulties that Abraham Lincoln had, and in yet he kept getting back up. That's what this notion of resilience is. It's the ability to get back up after the fall. He got back up time and time again. How is it that we can foster this notion, this ability, to continue to get back up and move forward, press forward in a resilient fashion. That's the focus that I wanna talk about today. And of course we know that President Abraham Lincoln, even in the most difficult of circumstances, he led the Union forces to a victory that kept, um, that kept the South from succeeding from the Union and the opposition that he had to endure, he continued forward to pass the bill to abolish legal slavery in the United States. Remarkable impact that he had on our country, even though he had so many difficult things to overcome. Such a great lesson out of history there that we are able to look at. So, um, when we come back, we'll be talking about what does research say about resilience and how do you get it? Listen to The Dr. Marcy Show. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. 
Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046-800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. You are listening to the Dr. Marcy Show, and I am Dr. Marcy Campbell, and we today are talking about resilience, especially during these difficult 2020-2021 time period. We all could uh, use a little bit of help knowing how do we become more resilient as a people. So what does the research say about resilience? What can we learn about it? And I'm looking at current research here. So 2021, so just barely recently article published in Psychiatry Research, um, Dr. William Kilgore and Associates reported that during the coronavirus pandemic, so yes, research is still going on to some degree, average resilience rates were lower than the regularly published norms, but was greater, so higher resilience among those who tended to get outside more often, exercise more, They perceive themselves to have more social support from family, friends, and significant others. They slept better and prayed more often. Those are aspects that went along with higher than average coronavirus pandemic um, resilience. Then we article for the Journal of Pediatric Healthcare. This was just prior. Um, in terms of pediatric health care on resilience in the developing child. So resilience has certain mental features such as planning, self-reflection, determination, self-confidence, and self-control. And they tend to be present in resilient individuals. So myself as a, um, a PhD in human development, I'm familiar with how the 
developing brain works, and it's this prefrontal cortex that we have that helps in all of those areas, self-control, self-reflection, self-confidence, all those things that tend to be present in resilient individuals has to do with the developing portion of the brain in the prefrontal cortex. Now, children need opportunities to develop the prefrontal cortex, and I'll give a little bit of clues about that a little bit later on in the show. So going on with this research um, from Gail Horner, resilient individuals possess a propensity to plan regarding all of life's key decisions. The act of planning can be more important than the skill of planning. Isn't that fascinating? The act meaning the intention of going to plan. You might not be super good at planning, but you're you're taking the step forward to plan. It's that actual taking the step to plan or making plans, even if you're not great at making plans, it's the act of planning that is more important than having a skill at planning. Self-reflection allows an individual to determine what has or has not worked for them in the past. So you learn from your past. Resilient individuals possess a sense of determination to meet life's challenges and develop self-confidence in being able to meet those challenges with some measure of success. So there is this determination um, that you are capable of figuring it out. That's the best way for me to, to, to put it, you know, like I can figure it out. When we start telling ourselves, I can figure it out, I'll go figure it out, I can do this. We are developing those pathways of resilience. And then a sense of self-control in childhood is associated with overall better health, both physically, psychologically, with better social outcomes. She there is, um, uh, it's kind of like a literature review where she is talking about what other people's research has found. Positive social relationships promote resilience. Um, and, and we have found in research that maternal warmth, sibling warmth, and a positive family atmosphere is the most significant protective feature against bullying. Isn't that fascinating? So kids who don't have to deal with bullying have more opportunities to deal with, I can figure this out. I want to try something new. I want to go do something new. So if we're trying to protect kids from bullying so that they can develop some of these attributes of resilience, we need maternal warmth, sibling warmth, and a positive family atmosphere. That family warmth has been, has been shown to be beneficial across the board in terms of childhood brain development. Um, and I think it, research, and there's so many studies on resilience that there's no way I could talk about it all today, but over and over and over again, they like to find some of these factors that are very helpful in terms of how we see people become resilient adults and throughout their childhood, how they can figure it out. You know, we realize that life is hard. There's going to be all kinds of difficult things. There's going to be setbacks. That is part of what it means to be alive. But the, the remarkable um, sense of accomplishment when we're able to go through difficult things and come out the other end, we have learned something new. We have grown. We have matured. We are able to relate to other people more. And we're able to actually feel better about ourselves and our self-confidence when we can do it. So recognizing that that's part of life, I think, is probably one of the best things to develop resilience. So 
what we like to look at in terms of helping people establish resilience, I, I think of it in terms of tools in your toolbox. Like what are tools that you might have in your strength toolbox that you can rely on during hard times like 2020 and 2021, right? First of all, I would say, realize you'll make mistakes. <sighs> Most people don't really want to think about the fact that they make mistakes, but you make mistakes, I make mistakes, we all make mistakes, but mistakes are there to help us learn. And resilience is the ability to look at the bumps in the road and say, I'm going to get over this, I can do this. And that's how you kind of bounce back, just like the tree in the windstorm, I know I can bounce back and develop even stronger roots. It's what you do with your mistakes that help create resilience. So I suggest on your mistakes, make a good apologize, pay back, clean up, do it better next time. And this process creates stronger capacities throughout your life. It's the process over and over again that we need to have those opportunities to make it good and recognize that children need opportunities to develop their own resilience. So please, don't jump in to save them all of the time. They might need saving here and there, but you don't have to do it all the time. Let them learn and grow from the process. I promise it will help them in their life. All right, number two, find one thing each day to be grateful for. Even on your most difficult days, you can find one thing to be grateful for. The one thing I turn to is sunsets. I love sunsets. I love skies. I love beautiful skies. So even in my most difficult days, if I can just look to the skies, it's really helpful for me. Keep moving. During some of my most difficult times, you know, those times when you cannot breathe and you don't know that you'll be able to make it even one more day, you gotta keep moving. During my most difficult hours of life, someone told me a story. It was a great short pioneer story. It was about a gentleman during about a two week process, he wrote in his journal about his wife passing away and then each one of his children passing away as he was traveling from Missouri westward during a snowstorm and he lost every single member of his family. And then there was nothing in his journal for a couple of days and then an entry and it only had two words and the two words were still moving. Those two words got me through so many years of remarkably difficult hurdles, still moving. So my advice today is keep moving, keep moving. And you will, you will see all the remarkable things that life is going to give you, show you, teach you. And find your inner drive. Number four, what does your gut say? Who do you think you really are? All of us have some kind of inner drive, whether it's to create, invent, serve, serve family, um, parenting, be a good spouse, whatever it is, your inner drive is what's going to get you to the next level. And on the other side, we'll talk about some more of these things that can help you develop resilience. You're listening to The Dr. Marcy Show.
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. At least 10 rockets targeted a military base in western Iraq that hosted U.S.-led coalition troops on Wednesday. It was not immediately known if there were any casualties. The rockets struck the Ain al-Assad Air Base in Anbar Province. Iraqi security forces are leading an investigation into the attack and that they had found the launch pad used for the missiles. President Biden on Tuesday said he is withdrawing Neera Tandon's nomination to be White House Budget Director. Biden said it was Tandon's idea to drop out. Texas is ending COVID restrictions. Governor Greg Abbott made the announcement Tuesday from a restaurant in Lubbock, claiming that too many Texans have been sidelined from opportunity. Texas is dropping its COVID-19 restrictions on businesses and ending its statewide mask mandate. All businesses of any type can reopen at full capacity as of next Wednesday, March 10th. This statewide mask mandate first went into effect back in July. Val Dior reporting. This is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Alaroot Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. One lawmaker wants to add more taxes to the wealthiest of Americans. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. Senator Elizabeth Warren wants to see a wealth tax on the richest Americans. The Massachusetts Democrat telling reporters it would generate more revenue and opportunity. She's bringing up legislation that would impose a tax on those worth more than $50 million. Grover Norquist is a president of Americans for Tax Reform. He tells CNBC this is not a good move. If you want to, you reduce the capital gains tax. Every time we've reduced the capital gains tax rate, higher income people have paid more in taxes and you've had more growth and there have been more jobs for everybody. So if you're into hate and envy, uh, go ahead and do the wealth tax. Uh, there's a lot of selective discussion about where the wealth tax has succeeded. 15 countries have put in a wealth tax. 11 got rid of them because they discovered how dysfunctional it was. There will be 14 spring training baseball games today starting at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. USA Radio News. We are back with Dr. Marcy talking today about resilience. How do we get it? How can we get some more of it? Um, we were talking about some of the things you can do each day to develop those really strong pathways of resilience. So let's move on with some, what some of the things you can actually do right now. And even if you just pick up one of these and incorporate it into your life, that's a great hope for me to just help people along as they're going through this journey, their individual journey here. Um, even if you pick just one of them up, I feel like I've done a good deed or, you know, hopefully help somebody out. So I was just talking about how helpful it is to find your inner drive, kind of get in touch with yourself, what drives you to keep moving forward and, and working within those very specific gut instincts that you have about yourself and your inner drive. 
Um, which leads me to the number five suggestion, which this one's not going to be a favorite of everybody, but I promise it's a helpful one. It's accomplish something. So we all feel better about ourselves when we accomplish something. But that means you have to work. And most people don't love the term work, but I promise work builds muscles. Work builds esteem. So just some really out there thought process. Maybe start that political circle of influence to promote citizen involvement, something that I love is citizen involvement. You can go build that deck that you've been wanting to do. Certainly exercise, go help your neighbor, maybe do something thoughtful for your spouse, clean your workspace, or get started on that goal that you've set aside for far too long. When you accomplish something, you are adding to that resiliency strength that exists within your soul and within your brain. So every time you are able to accomplish something, you're adding to the pot that makes you stronger when the times are tough. So go out, try to accomplish something. Next one would be know your personal strengths. What are the things that you are good at? And then use those strengths to help get you through difficult times. So are you good at writing? Maybe write down your thoughts during difficult times, write down your feelings, write down the experiences that help you adjust. Are you good at talking? That's right, talking. Some people really love to talk more than others. Talk to others during your hard time. Just getting things off of your chest during difficult times is critical during those extreme circumstances. We, as mental health professionals, call it catharsis. There is something healing about just getting things off of your chest, the weight off of your chest, sharing it with others. That in and of itself is helpful. Um, other ideas, are you good at sports, art, music, business, etc.? All of those things, each of us have some measure of personal strength in something. So if you know your own personal strength, then you can use it during difficult times. Um, but I always like to remind people, we can't simply jump into the one thing that we love to do during difficult times just to escape the difficult times. Because anytime you go to an extreme, you're out of balance. And when you're out of balance, it probably means you might not be dealing with things in a healthy way. And that does not build resilience. So escapism on a more permanent level is not resilience. Shoving hard things down and running away to go do something that you're good at is not what I'm talking about in terms of resilience. I think sometimes people think, hey, something was hard, I'm going to work, and they become a workaholic. And then they say to themselves, look at me, I'm so resilient. But the reality is you kind of left your family in the wake of that. Maybe they're suffering, you didn't engage, you didn't work together during difficult things. It didn't necessarily make you resilient, it made you escape. Resilience is not chopping down the tree after the windstorm. Resilience is the tree blew during the windstorm and it went up and all over and it, maybe it lost a few branches, but if it's still standing and it's still alive, that is resilience, okay? So I'm not describing running away. I'm describing use your strengths to benefit you and those around you during difficult times. All right, that's, that's a little preachy on my little you know, platform. Can you tell that I've had a lot of experience with people who love to run away <laughs> and they believed 
that they are the ones that are resilient and that's actually not resilient. So, you know, little soapbox there. Okay, so moving on to practicing resilience. How do you do it? I personally have to put sticky notes up on my wall to remind me of little phrases like the still moving that help me during hard times. That's something I can do to practice and train my brain during those difficult times. But some of you might have other ways of practicing in your mind what you plan to do the next time something bad happens. So how will you respond? How did you respond in the past? What did you not like about it? And then you can kind of practice in your brain how to do it. So you imagine yourself maybe the way you want to respond. Learn something new and you keep learning. And all of those things mature that resilient um, synapse uh, pathways in your brain. And the last one that I want to talk about, um, I think might be the most difficult of all of them to actually do. Um, it is trust that others will be there to help you. None of us walk this earth completely alone. We have to interact and engage with other humans as we are here. So developing resilience is this uh, is the unknown but belief that others will be there to help you. Friends, families, acquaintances, and believe it or not, even strangers seem to step in during times of need. And resilient people understand this notion. Um, sometimes we need to let go of the worry and trust that your higher power, which in my case is God, I believe in God, that he has this ability to help guide you and me and will step in in those times of need. Now, people from history that showed resilience report over and over and over again that they either had a calling from God or they had assistance from God or the angels stepped in and so we can't help but wonder, could spiritual or religious approbations or practices be part of the equation of resilience? What's fascinating about resilience is we want to think of it in terms of strength or solid or, you know, understanding and knowledge is solidified when in fact, it's taking those solidified strengths that we have. And again, remember the opposite of flexibility and recognizing that there are all these other elements that we don't have control over that we have to trust. And it's that combination that gives us resilience in the end. So it's the combination of the self-confidence that you can do something, but also that it requires others to help out. And that can be tricky for people. Most people want to plan ahead and know that they are the ones that will take control and be able to do whatever needs to be done during a difficult time, that they themselves will be the only one doing it, when in reality, it's the combination of the self-esteem and the person being um, taking care of business, so to speak, on their own with the assistance or help from others. And if we're going to learn from historical figures, it's also that trust in God. It's that trust in a higher power that gets that person um, up and over the speed bump of life. 
Now, one last person from history that was remarkably impactful for, for me, and in, in case, and I think for some people, it's really helpful just to even see the movie about Harriet Tubman in the 2019 movie titled um, Harriet. She had remarkable difficulties as a slave. And she escaped slavery, and that wasn't enough. Life wasn't enough to be just about her. And she reports saying, I felt that she was called to help out others. She had visions and dreams, and she called them premonitions from God. And so not only did she escape and just go on about her life, she kept going back into the face of danger throughout her life, never losing a passenger, bringing them along in the Underground Railroad. And that wasn't even enough. After that was done, she worked for the Union Army as a spy and succeeded. And she continued forward with another hard thing and another hard thing and another hard thing in her life. She was a remarkable example of resilience and, and exemplifying many of these attributes that I've described today of perseverance, of um, I think recognizing that mistakes are made and you keep moving forward and all those things each day that we can do to help guide us down our path to keep moving forward over the difficulties, which is the essence of resilience. On the other side, we're going to be talking and answering in a change of pace. Those emailed questions, you're listening to The Dr. Marcy Show. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. 
With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back. This is Dr. Marcy Campbell, and you are listening to The Dr. Marcy Show. And as I promised, I'm going to be answering emailed questions. So if you have any questions that you would like me to answer on air, uh, please email me at askmarcy at doctor.com. That is A-S-K-M-A-R-C-I at D-R.com. Askmarcy.com. So today... This is kind of a fun one, I thought, uh, for this time period and and also for this topic. Um, The question is, since COVID, my wife doesn't get ready for the day anymore. Every day, it's the relaxed look. If you know what I mean, I still get to go to work. But when I get home, she hasn't changed. I feel like COVID is making her lazy. Is this a thing? And how do I change it? Um. I shouldn't smile at this, but, you know, we keep seeing all the fun memes and social media comments that people are making about, you know, the COVID weight gain or the sweatsuit or uh, this is what COVID's turned me into kind of and people are doing it humorously, which I think is really a great coping mechanism is humor. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that was a very valid question. So, first of all, my answer would be you don't get to change it or change her. So, The question um, is important because I do think a lot of us think we can change people, right? But um, we don't really get to necessarily change people, but we can have an influence on other people. So maybe kind of changing the wording or the wording or the way that we think about it in our head. How do I change it? Maybe the question should be, is there anything I can do to influence a change? Okay. So secondly, COVID is making people lazy in their appearances. Um, as I said earlier, people are doing the weight gain and the COVID sweats. And just so you know, fresh out the new fashion that's being sold right now at the Gap is matching sweatshirt sweatpant outfits. So the new trend for girls is, I shouldn't laugh, but the new trend for girls is matching sweat outfits, right? Um, they've definitely jumped on this COVID bandwagon of the sweats look, the weight gain look, et cetera. So you are definitely not alone when you're worried about that right now. So what is my advice for you? Well, I'll tell you first what not to do. Do not tell her she looks bad, fat, lazy, ugly, et cetera. And do not tell her to go fix her face or any other body part because I promise you 
this will end up hurting you in the end. But that's a topic for another show. <laughs> so hopefully you'll just take my advice and, and skip that maybe instinct that you have to mention, hey, do you want to put on some makeup? Or hey, how about getting dressed? You know, hey, it seems like you're not getting anything done. You're looking kind of lazy. So that's usually not a good thing to say to your spouse. And it goes both ways, girls. Not something we really want to pinpoint to the guys either. Okay. But what you can do is make plans to go out. Sometimes just getting ready to go out might jumpstart the habit of not getting ready ever, right? Sometimes just looking forward to going out and doing something is what it takes for people to uh, get back into the routine of getting ready. See, I believe routines are very helpful for not just children, but also for adults. Routines um, keep us uh, in a stable environment, in a stabilized way of knowing kind of what to expect. And then we can, um, it's easier for us to learn new things and grow when we're not worried about what's going to happen next. Uh, I do believe also that good mental health requires us getting ready for the day. Um, what, when I was going through my, my most, I wouldn't say most, but one of my my straight shot. So my life took a very hard, fast turn 20 years ago and it was overnight. It wasn't like kind of a slow move into it. It seemed like it was really like, wow, rug ripped out. Here's my new life. And, um, at the time my world was spinning and, and quite frankly, it felt like it was spinning for several years, but there was something really stubborn inside my soul that got up and got ready every day. Like I took a shower every day and I got ready and I don't take very long to get ready. So I'm not talking, you know, extravagant, get ready, but I got up out of bed and I got ready every day and years down the road, people would ask me, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did, and I said, you know, I think the first thing was I got up out of bed and I got ready every day. And I don't know why that is such a critical part of, of, of helping people become resilient, but get up. And I also, you know, there's a fantastic TED talk. I can't remember the guy's name, but military guy about making your bed every day. It's kind of that same notion. Get up, make your bed and get ready every day. And it is amazing what influence that has on the rest of the day. And then over time, what kind of influence that has on yourself and your family. So get up and get ready during the day. Help her by making plans to go out. Now, I know that going out is more difficult during COVID. Not everything's open. Um, maybe you don't even feel safe to go out in public, but you can get ready and go do something. So get creative. Get creative in what it is that you can go out and do and make plans to go do it. And I do think that helps people jumpstart getting ready. The second suggestion I would have is you can do something, even if it's five minutes of helping out around the house. Research has shown that even when both men and women work full time, women still do the large majority of housework. That trend has not stopped. Um, you know, it used to be the case, man would go off to work, woman did all the housework. Women started working more and women still do almost all of the housework. <laughs> Yay, yes, women, super women, right? So maybe help out, even if it's five or 10 minutes, give her time to get ready while you do some of the work that needs to get done. And sometimes just a little tiny slip like this, hey, babe, I'm putting in the laundry so you can get ready for the day like I'm helping out. Um, if it's just barely in passing, 
uh, I think it's a good thing. If it's you've been harping on her to get ready because you don't like the way she looks, then it's a passive aggressive bad thing. <laughs> so you you be the judge of your own situation um, and if that's a good thing or not. Um, third thing, which this might sound strange because you're actually maybe frustrated with the way it's going on right now, but I would say if you compliment her, the more she will do to get those compliments. So every little piece, compliment her. And then, you know, the more she's going to do. And, and girls, it works the same way for guys, you know, little compliments, little appreciation, the more you're going to get from them. It's, it's pretty amazing how that works. So I will give a little hint though, the way we work guys, you know, don't go straight for those kind of bedroom compliments because <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, compliments are more like a crescendo of a beautiful song. They have to kind of work their way up to that. So just be aware of that. It doesn't always work for, you know, kind of going straight for the bedroom compliment. Uh, it doesn't work that way that great for us girls. So, you know, you, you ease your way into that. All right. And my final thought on, um, on this email question was watch for the signs of depression. Um, if she is depressed, these suggestions might help a little bit, but more than likely she might need some more professional help, help that you're not capable of giving at the level that she needs. So, you know, maybe watch for those signs of depression. I think it's a great question. Um, hopefully that helps out. There's one more question. Uh, this one's really interesting. Do you think 2021 is going to be better than 2020? And I would say, yeah, I wish I had that ball to see into the future. <laughs> I'm not sure that without some kind of special power, someone could predict the near future after everything we've witnessed in 2020 and, you know, carry over into 2021. But I will say that regardless of the circumstance, we can always learn something from the past um, to help us down the road into the future. So if you're willing to open your hearts, your eyes, your ears, you'll be able to see things that maybe you didn't understand before. And that's when you learn and grow. So take the opportunity during 2020 and 2021 to realize these things could hopefully change you for the better. Um, and realize that sometimes difficulties are, are good for you. Maybe be optimistic about the fact that it's a tricky time period, right? And what you didn't know now, you didn't know a year ago, you know, uh, good for you. Recognize those things. And then if 2021 proves itself to be a great year for you in particular, bonus, bonus for you, right? So I feel honored to share with you what I've learned from my life's hardships. Hopefully you've learned a little bit today. And even if you can take one little piece, I'll feel like I've done some good. Please. Um, email me at askmarcy at dr.com and then listen live on Wednesdays, 10 to 11 on fedbyravensmedia.com. That's fedbyravensmedia.com, Wednesdays, 10 to 11. And you can find me in the Path Forward group um, on the podcast after the show. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell, and I want to promote awareness to foster strong mental health, great relationships, and to build strong communities one person at a time. Until next time, are you aware? With eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand.